0: You're listening to The Slow Ride Podcast.
1: Fights, advice, and rumors. Straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com And on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
2: Hello and welcome to the 208th episode of the Slow Ride podcast. This is Tim in lovely, overcast, and pothole-ridden Minneapolis, Minnesota.
0: Hey, this is Matt, uh, just writing Merrick Garland fan fiction here in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: Uh, And this is Spencer. Thankfully, I am in Boston. And not in Minnesota because it seems a little cozy there in the uh, uh, Podcast World Headquarters.
2: It's a little cozy, but Spencer, don't worry. I'm going to be bringing this flavor next week when I'm visiting you in Boston, Massachusetts.
1: You are uh, on the World Tour. You're on the uh, Slow Ride Podcast World Tour right now. Uh, It's kind of a whirlwind affair, um, pothole ridden, I guess. Uh, I don't know what that's all about, but uh, I'm excited to... Be bored Let's to talk death about by it. it. Yeah.
2: So we arrived, uh, Sarah and I drove up. And first thing I want to say is the drive, 24 hours of pure bliss, driving <laughs> down the U.S. It inter- sounds like a mountain bike race. <laughs> the U.S. <laughs> internet, the interstate highway system.
0: Yeah.
2: And by pure bliss, I mean every single time I passed a truck or a car that had a road bike or like nice mountain bike on it. Like basically every type of car that had a bike on it, except RVs that had the you know the family hybrids. Sure, I made sure to take my 2006 Toyota Highlander with a hitch rack that had a Santa Cruz mountain bike and my Moots, and purposely go a little bit slower, in the person in front of me, or behind me, so that they could get a real nice up close and personal view of that Moots, and the Santa Cruz. It was fantastic.
1: It Seems uh. Seems like something a moot's owner would do. Do you think so? Is that a little rude? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it seems like something a moot's owner would do. So, anyways,
2: I made it back to the Twin Cities, and then I decided, why not go for a bike ride at all of our classic haunts, including Ohio Street Hill, crushed it, Okay, and then the The Irvine switchbacks right off of Ramsey Hill totally crushed it. Sure. Okay. And as I was going on this ride, I realized, man, there's a lot of potholes and the horrible use of cement rather than asphalt by the city of St. Paul Public Works. So there's a lot of like the potholes that are at the seams of different um, cement squares. But the point of the matter is this is that Florida gets a bad rap for really crappy drivers and there's a lot of big pickup trucks that like to belch diesel smoke at cyclists and kind of tell you to get off the road. I had that exactly happen to me on West 7th street in St. Paul. So I don't like, I thought that I was going away from that, but nope, still here.
1: Uh, well, definitely don't get any of that in Boston. That's for sure.
0: Oh no! It's just—it's just, it's it's just rainbow as they hand out lollipops as yeah, you ride past.
1: It's a magical place where everyone is always nice to each other, and we don't have a bad reputation at all.
2: You know, I think you guys are downplaying the amount of hill crushing that I did in the startup to Schwamigan, So you guys should be totally nervous because I so, was flying out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you? Is there evidence of this ride? Did you Strava this ride? Can we compare your times to uh, I, anything?
2: I did, I did Strava it. I do want to point out that the Ohio street climb, which for those of you who are not from Minneapolis or St. Paul and are not familiar, this is the climb of climbs and the city of St. Paul decided to put a giant bike path right next to the climb. So now I'm on the road with a bunch of switchbacks and there's a bike path next to me. And there's a guy in a recumbent going down it really, really fast. (laughs) And then at the base of this climb, To further our past car conversations, there's a little auto body shop called the Toy Box, which specializes in Mercedes and other high-quality vehicles of 50 years or older. It seems, yeah. And they had the door open, so I got to look in there and see a bunch of really cool Mercedes. I saw a Porsche. I saw a BMW. It looked awesome. But it's still not the best new car that's in the Slow Ride Podcast family. Oh really, Spencer? Yeah, Spencer. This is what we call a segue in the radio business. <laughs>
1: uh, I think um, listeners to episode one of uh, the Slow Ride podcast, as unfortunate as they may be, um, will probably remember that um, oh, maybe it was episode two. I don't remember when we picked our. <laughs> back and um, listen. Yeah. When we picked our, uh, our our perfect team sponsors. Um. I chose the Oscar Mayer uh, company to sponsor my world tour team. Uh, yeah, mistake. Because they had a great vehicle, and then a little guy tried to one up me uh, by choosing some sort of um, Westphalia website or something like that. I forget, but he wanted to use the Vanagon as uh, as his team vehicle, which was a personal. It was a it was a little jab. It 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 rubbed me raw because. I love the Vanagon and I had to sell the Vanagon to little guy. And he knows, he knows, he knows that one. Uh, that one was personal, but today, today I, I am leveling the playing field because little guy owns one Vanagon, but now I also own one Vanagon.
0: Yeah. So congratulations.
1: We have uh, the makings of a fleet. Um, I'm thinking, Tim, you're of master's <laughs> age. Now you've already got the titanium bike. You need to get a van of some kind. What are you looking at?
2: Well, I'm actually looking at the Volkswagen California that I sent over to you guys, which is not available in the US. But the reason I'm looking at it is because it's brand new and it's not going to break down on me because you guys know me with mechanics that like with anything mechanical that I just can't do it myself. So um, I'm a little worried about getting a van again because those things are breaking down all the time.
1: That Electrical is gremlins. half the fun.
0: Yeah, it's part of the fun. Mine doesn't break down that much, actually. We'll see what Spencer's though. Spencer's has got a Subaru engine in it. So who knows what kind of weird gremlins lurk inside of that. At least I know which gremlins are in my van.
1: Oh, I'm excited no. to find out, you guys. Um, I am excited to find out. So
2: Now, so it was a big weekend. I I make it up here. Um, little Hymar said his first words. Um, really? Which which are actually. Let me guess, yeah. L.A. No, I was hoping as much. Um, mm-hmm. I was also gonna accept Mayo,
1: <laughs> Mayo, a, um,
2: <laughs> but uh, little Hymar actually said hi for the first time when he waved, which is kind of like saying his own name because he's saying hi, yeah. Ma. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, secondly, but it's it's
1: really good to see that you're already you've already got him waving. That is important. So these,
2: yes. Waving is very important to the Slow Ride Podcast, but let's get to the, the nuts of the matter. I, first words out of Little Hymar Spencer got a new van again. Little guy, you actually raced your mountain bike to kind of get you ready for Schwam again. It's a pretty big deal.
0: Well, technically I didn't race my mountain bike. Technically I raced Big Matt's mountain bike because <laughs> it had all kinds of shocks on it. I raced a full suspension mountain bike, people it was crazy
1: now let me just temper people's expectations we know that is a major leap forward for you but this did not have disc brakes this wasn't the most modern no. mountain bike
0: no but it, it could have disc brakes it has mounts for disc yeah. brakes it okay. just doesn't but uh and i have to say i was pretty disappointed out at this race because i'm pretty sure i was the only person i saw running uh, any sort of canty v-brake any any sort of non-disc brake and i mean juniors field everybody nobody seemed to be on anything as old as 10 years old which i think that's about all the old the thing i was riding was but it worked flawlessly i did not get last place you guys you'll be surprised i think i got 26th out of 37 in the elite race so I was pretty floored that I did that well because <laughs> I hadn't raced the mountain bike all year. My first mountain bike ride of the year was Thursday when I took the Klein out to test out the new course at Worth, which is is pretty fun. I gotta say, I, I was a little disappointed by the course when I pre-rode it on the Klein, and maybe that's because I felt slow and it felt like somebody was punching me the whole time because it was really <laughs> bumpy. Yeah. And um so I went I, I decided while I was riding, I was like, there's no way I can do five laps of this, is, which is what I thought I had to ride at the race. Okay. And I'd already signed up. So I called, I called Big Matt and I said, let me borrow the Orbea. And he said, yeah. So I set that up on Friday. We had some problems with, uh, <laughs> we had some problems with, with, uh, with, with setting up some of the, uh, with the tubeless wheels. I got to say, that's pretty annoying. Okay. Those tubeless wheel things, but it all got worked out. I adjusted the, the brakes. I got it shifting all that jazz, put a saddle on it um and i'm so glad i did because man i needed that suspension because as it was i could still barely ride home my back hurt so bad oh and to add insult to injury i got to the start line and i thought we were doing five laps and um at the start they're like all right you're doing six laps and i was like oh, holy shit. <laughs> six laps uh that was hard it was super hard so but i did it i raised my bike you guys
1: that's pretty. That's pretty incredible. I'm. I'm proud of you, little guy. Um. Six laps. So does that make it like a um Olympic XC uh kind of course? Like, what are we? What were the features like? Were there log hops? Uh, any any daredevil uh, no, drop offs?
0: No, there's a lot of berms, and it mostly it was just pretty bumpy because it's freshly cut trail at Worth. Oh. Which it's super cool that there's this new race course and the and that there's all this new loppet trail, but, and, and I'm sure they're going to add stuff in the future over time, but I expected there to be some crazy log things. I thought there'd maybe be some AB lines because there's plenty of room to sure. do that sort of thing, to have like a really short rock garden line and like a, an around line. There wasn't any of that. There's some fun, twisty stuff in the woods. Um, and there's one little climb, but like, I don't know. Overall, I thought there would be more features, and that maybe that stuff's coming, and maybe I'm just being a jerk about it. Um, okay. But well, when I went over and rode the first day, I was like, "It's it's a perfect rigid course when it smooths out a bit, but it it basically felt uh, now as if a bobcat had driven the whole <laughs> course, you know? So it, sure. you just needed that like plush, uh,
1: that sweet sweet 2008 suspension."
0: All right, dude. I, you guys make fun. Anyone can make fun of that bike, but man, that thing that thing rips. Oh, uh, that, that
1: bike was top of the line when in its day. Yeah, uh, it's sure. it's an Orbea right,
0: Oiz or something. O I Z. It's a Hearst Link, man. That's 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 like regular normal technology.
1: Yeah. um, so little guy, I'm 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 excited for you, uh, Tim. I uh, I think you're maybe behind the eight ball a little bit because I also raced my bike this weekend
0: shit what did you do
1: i did what they call a criterium really now this is a, a road bike event with skinny tires there's no gravel involved in this how race. skinny this 25s 25s come on wow like i'm i'm did, we're, we're all did middle you finish with the group it's, it's 25 is skinny like we're not pretending what category what were you in what uh category I, I have downgraded, so I was racing in the uh, Category 3, uh, 4 race. Um, where so you downgraded a 4? I downgraded a 3. Oh. Yeah, I should have downgraded a okay. 4, but I'm still a 3. <laughs> now we hear uh, the
0: results. How are the results? How was the race? Let's hear how it unfolded. When did you attack?
1: Uh, I attacked constantly. I was just giving it everything, constantly. Basically, from the gun, I was on the rivet, as they say. That's the metal part that used to be at the tip of the saddle, and you could tell oh, thanks, the riders Phil. were going hard when they, uh, when they were just <laughs> balanced on the nose oh. of that saddle.
0: Um, oh, thanks, Phil.
1: Yeah, that's Paul. Um, but uh, basically, yeah, chewing and stem. I was, I was on the rivet. I was r- redlining it, just really driving the pace to try to catch back on the back of that field for so long, for so many <laughs> laps, you guys, um, I ended up, uh, finishing getting, uh, pulled in place with like, I don't know, seven to go. Um, and, uh, my official result, I think was 48th place, 49th place or something out of almost 70. So I felt okay about that.
0: 70. You guys yeah. have 70 people show up to a crit. Did,
1: yeah.
2: Did, Wow. Did you stop at the side of the crit to go in the
0: portage on to then jump back
2: in the field, lap down?
1: There was no time for that, Tim. Uh, everything was far too puckered to uh, to be relaxed enough to make a pit stop of that nature. Um, no, this this was hard, fast racing from the get go. Uh, there were there were cat fours putting out 300 watts on average for 45 minutes, which is just absolutely astonishing i have multiple issues with that but that is the reality of wait how do you know three, how do you know what in new england
0: how do you know what wattage other people in the race were putting out Is everybody strava the ride and and with their hypothetical power meter numbers
1: oh there are not hypothetical power meters in new england little guy they're everywhere on every bike um, and many people, yeah, were comparing numbers being like, wow, that race was unbelievably hard. I can't believe how hard that was. Why were we going so fast? And, um, yeah, that was, that was one of the numbers I heard from one of the guys, uh, more towards the front of the race than I, um, yeah. with... average 300 and, and, still wasn't doing much. Uh, t- see, uh, I, th-
0: I think rather than downgrading to three, you should have just stayed in the twos and just worked on your sprint. Because the thing about the twos is that maybe at some point they do a thousand Watts for a lap. (laughs) Yeah. But for the most point, or most part, like it's, it's a little chiller than the threes. I feel like the threes and the fours are just everybody redlined. Whereas the one twos are a lot of like looking at each other and then a huge, huge effort and then looking at each other and then a huge, huge effort, you know, whereas the threes are just like, they don't, they don't even have the, the, it's the little, courtesy yeah. to slow down occasionally.
1: Yeah, it's a little Pavlovian in those lower categories where they they fire the starting pistol and everyone just goes uh as hard as they can for as long as they can, but um no, this this That's, was a I felt I got to say, I've been I've been riding the Zwift. I've been uh, you guys know this. I've been I've been on my game. My Schwamigan form is strong. I've been feeling good about it. I feel very confident about my effort. Uh, that this I is made the long on the day. Um, that he's given us. Like I don't, I don't feel bad about uh, my effort. I don't feel bad about my race. I, I feel like I, 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 I gave what I could. But, I remain depressed about <laughs> bike racing.
2: You should, you should stop bike racing. You should stop all things riding. Um just concentrate on your van. Um, it's probably gonna be no, fixed. No, I, I. Um,
1: I I, I, this is a serious question, you guys. Like, why should I race bicycles?
2: You shouldn't. You should. You, you, I mean, I
0: can't give you any good reason. I don't know why I did it
2: either. Well, let me say this you shouldn't race road racing because it's a lot more fun to watch on television. Is than it? To talk about it on a podcast because mm-hmm. the actual road racing, the expense of road racing, dealing with road racers, it's way more fun to go on a group ride, compare your Strava files, maybe nah. uh, do a gravel race see, every now and then. I, no, see, I just this think is the that problem, crits Tim. they're not fun anymore, man.
1: No, no, they're super fun. I had a great time. The problem is I'm also depressed because how I can't I can't resolve like I don't I'm not going to downgrade again. I'm not going to downgrade. I can't downgrade to Cat 5, which is seems like where I'm supposed to be. How do I enjoy racing bikes
0: 40 plus category?
1: Oh, they're faster than the three fours. Come on,
0: no. I think the answer is mountain bikes, dude. I'm, I, all jokes aside, I mean, I'm gonna whoop you at Schwam again, I'm gonna just crush you, but all jokes aside, I'm sure I would be in the same position if I was in that crit. But you know, I did the elite race, mountain bikes it's a long race. It can still be fun. You can use the fact that you've ridden for years and you've got that like old manpower coming through a little bit. Even if you haven't been riding much, you like, there's always some young kids who think they're, they're hot shit and they go out super hard and they blow up. Sure. And, and a mountain bike race, same as a cross race. Like we've talked about this, like you can still have fun and maybe you find somebody mid race and you have a little race between the two of you and you chase somebody down and you're like, Oh cool. Like, I got 26 out of 37, right? Like if that was a crit and I got 26 out of 37, I would have been like, that was painful and brutal and stupid. And I had no fun, but in but a mountain bike race, it was like, I was chasing people and somebody caught me and then I caught somebody else. Like it was sure. fun, you know? Yeah,
1: no, I, and I agree and I get that, but the problem is, and, and you, uh, I think can attest to this. Um, I've never been very good off road on a bicycle. I I have always Backed. done better <laughs> on the road than off road, yeah, yeah, cycle cross included. Like I I love racing cycle cross. I have tons of fun, but I have never been as good at it as I have been a road racer or a track racer. So what do I do? Like, what do you do when you cannot you do hang it up your you... favorite sport? Like. Do I quit my job no, yeah. and train full time? Yeah, that's what be you do. No, no, what you three. do is you,
2: you have a podcast with your sure. three other, with your two other buddies that aren't very good bike racers, oh, and well. then you act like you know what you're talking about the whole time. I think we're crushing it. <laughs> and in fact, we've now what we're, we're a ways into this podcast, and we're burying the lead about how. Our long national nightmare of not knowing what 46-year-old Chris Horner is doing in his spare time. And then, boom, he shows up at the Nationals. See, that is what we need to be talking about. Well, because we're not good bike racers <laughs> collectively.
0: I bet Chris Horner, I think, had the same problem, Spencer. He wasn't feeling good for a few years. He had the, the, the health problems. And now he thinks they're resolved. He probably had the same feeling, like, what do I do? Like obviously, Chris Horner loves nothing other than doing bike races, but he's not as good as he used to be. He doesn't yep. know what to do. I I think maybe you got to talk to Horner and see if you guys can come up with something. Maybe between the two of you.
2: a Horner Corner, maybe like mm-hmm. an in-depth one-on-one interview. Chris, help me get through my my struggles. Uh,
0: do you guys know this that there's a maple syrup place that sells at local uh, farmers markets here in Minnesota called Horner's Corner? And I and Caitlin was just saying the other day how we should get them to sponsor the Chris Horner Corner. And I don't think they've really got the money for that. We charge some pretty serious rates for these corners. Uh, but, you know, I think oh, Chris that was Horner- a free Horner.
2: one. Yeah, it is. But, Spencer, do you think Chris Horner could give you some advice on what to do? He shows up at Nationals, gets dropped, drops out, but he's still there, still a presence. The articles are about Chris Horner showing up, sure. America's most popular cyclist. I mean, could that translate to your struggles that you're having right now of not being very possibly. good but having fitness?
1: Possibly. I think, I think maybe we both are are needing to find ourselves and maybe, uh, maybe this could turn into like a, uh, a YouTube series. Uh, me and Chris, we get in the (laughs) van, we grab a couple of bikes and we just sort of drive across the country. Um, you know, stopping at local bike races all over, just spreading the cheer bringing the good word, trying to, uh, uh, you know, find ourselves, um, trying to, trying to spread the love, but in, in turn, like learning a little bit about each other and, and about ourselves, you know?
2: So that's a good idea. Now, Spencer, do you think that your struggles at the crit this week maybe had the fact to do with the fact that you haven't done a crit in multiple years and you're in a relatively huge cycling hotbed. You know, outside yep. of Colorado and Southern California, I have to assume that New England is the next, you know, maybe Chicago like a faster area than
1: Oh, we're, oh, we're faster than to. Chicago. Come on.
2: Yeah, but they have toad You know, like they <laughs> you know the the point being is that, you know, you just kinda you just can't jump in with a toe in the water and say like, wow, that's that's really hot no, water. I, know. I don't I, know. I don't want to get in there. You um, get a, You think Chris Horner would do that? No, he's going to race Tour of Azerbaijan in a couple of weeks.
1: That's incredible. Um, No, I mean, it's, it's interesting. interesting. It's just, uh, it's, it's a funny thing. This bike racing uh, where everything can go right, but you can still feel bad about (laughs) your race, even though you feel good about your race. It's, I just don't know how to understand it. Um, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around it. Lukewarm doesn't know what to do with himself. Uh, I'm thinking I need to get...
0: I know, he pulled back the mask.
1: I know. I need to get uh, Derek Brichard Hall back on the show because I have some questions for him about bike racing and and why I should be, continue to buy a license. And I think maybe uh, yeah. I need some words from the man himself uh, to really really help me through this trying time.
2: Tim, do you have a license? Um, I do not have a license. I don't have a license either. But... I am a supporter of USA Cycling, and because of that, Corinne Rivera makes me really, really proud when she finally wins the Elite Women's Championship after multiple years of getting second place. How yeah. awesome is it to see the best American cyclist, one-day cyclist, in the professional peloton? Um, by Corinne far. Rivera. By far. I mean, she's she's... The top American cyclist. And the, Chris uh, Horner, as much as we he wants to be the most <laughs> popular cyclist, he has nothing on Corinne Rivera. Right. TJ Van Garderen has nothing on Corinne Rivera. Congratulations to Corinne for winning the national championship. I believe her 73rd USA Cycling National Championship. Um, How is that
0: possible?
2: Because she won all those ones like when she was a junior coming through and crushing souls. I mean, she's... Easily one of the greatest cyclists of all time in the U S
1: it's unreal. Like she, all she does is win with the exception of elite road nationals until 2018 where she finally put it together on the day. Uh, it looked like a super exciting race. Emma white was right there. Yeah. Um, sparks were flying. Like it was, it was a race to, uh, to watch if you haven't seen it.
2: Now it was in Knoxville, Tennessee as Abby Mickey said Abby Nikki was in the uh, the field there's a couple there's a good video of her on the rally cycling Twitter going back to the cars to get some water bottles and ice socks um, Megan Garnier takes second and third Emma White now you may recall in the last episode with with Abby that I talked about how the podium was underneath the world famous sun sphere of the Knoxville World's Fair And she said, no, actually, it is underneath a highway overpass, which, once again, it was underneath a highway overpass, from what I could gather. Um, This course was pretty much on kind of a highway with some kind of side roads with hills. It wasn't the most exciting course the way that Chattanooga was, as an example, but, you know, a viable champion um, in uh, Corinne Rivera. Very nice to see. And then in the men's side of the race, a relative, um, I mean, I'm not going to say completely unknown, but someone that I'm not super familiar with takes the win. And um, that was, uh, um, was it John? Uh, uh, he's got long hair, the, the, guy, the guy I was looking at. Uh, John
1: John Brown, come on.
2: John Brown, thank you.
1: Yeah. Now, so that was really uh, cool to see. John Brown uh, rides for Hoggins uh, Berman Axon uh, team uh, and is the, I believe, younger brother of uh, Nate Brown. From the yeah, I think you're right. Education First Canadale uh, team. So it's um, in the
0: it's in the blood. It's, it's he's got good genes.
1: Yeah, I I saw the result come through, and I you know I have not paid uh, super close attention to the domestic road racing scene uh, this year, being a little more focused on on the European peloton. Um, but uh, it was good to see uh, a different name. You know what I mean? Then. Then well, not the- to say Larry Warbus wasn't a name, but in, in years past we get the Tyler Hamilton's, we get the George Hincappies, we get we get the Leipheimers, we get these guys that you you see in the Tour de France and in this year and the last year as well. Like we get we get to see that local flavor, and that's really cool.
2: Now do we know if Larry Warbass had a mechanical with his uh, his one by? Is, is that what caused the the, the loss? And I, I from what I remember is that there was a you know John Brown won on a breakaway. Yeah.
0: Um. So Larry was in the chase group for a while. Okay. I'm assuming that when he got back to the team car, or you know at the end of the race, and they're like, "What happened?" He's they were like the legs, and he's like, uh no, the um, it was the gears again."
1: Definitely. The the gears, what were I, having I problems mean, with? Yeah, the one one by.
0: <laughs> at this point, like I, I assume, like if if your if your team owner is this mad with your gears, um, you're obviously blaming any problem you have on that. I got cramps again because of the gears. <laughs>
2: now, I I didn't get to watch the men's race as much. I don't know if, if you guys did, but I do did get to go to ProCyclingStats.com and look at some of the other national championship results. Okay. And the one that sticks out to me is the um, Slovakia National Championship. Yeah, in, third, in third place, Michael Bodnar. I, I can't say I'm really shocked by that. He finished six and a half minutes behind the winner. In second place, one Jurij Sagan, who finished two minutes, 45 seconds behind the eventual winner. Of course, Peter Sagan. And when you actually click on the results of that race, it's those three head and shoulders like, 20 minutes clear of pretty much the rest of the field of which there's only like 20 finishers out of 45. Now I believe it's a mixed national championship race that they, they run kind of in conjunction with a few of the other um, uh, countries in the region, but it is pretty hilarious to see that Sagan beats his brother by two and a half minutes. And then another four minutes clear to Bodnar, who's like the other somewhat decent Slovakian that is in the world tour. It's kind of hilarious.
0: Yeah, that's a huge. I mean, Bodnar's a beast, man. Um, Yeah, that's got to be such a painful day for all those non Sagan Bodnar uh, riders. You know, like you show up and you just know what's going to happen, and those guys just rip you apart and then they just ride away into the sunset.
2: And you have, (laughs) you know, a couple of the national champions. You have uh, um, Yves Yves Lamper taking the uh, win for a quick step in the Belgian national championship jersey so you know that's an important one for them that one finally gets
1: makes me kind of sad because uh no longer are we going to see ag2r yeah in the belgian yeah. national kit with the uh, nason
2: and then uh, gorka is wins the uh, spanish national championships i i don't know if valverde was even in that race I... he's on podium oh yeah, that's all right he's on second place i'm sorry but <laughs> I, I had a stroke guys come on bear, bear with me here um but Gorka is a gear taking the win is pretty cool. Although I don't really like seeing Bahrain Marita take it so, because I have the feeling their national championship jerseys is going to be a disaster like anything out of the UAE Emirates team. Like there's just something you know, uh, that is, I want to see some good looking jerseys and I don't know if that's going to happen.
0: So let's, uh, I think we should segue straight to some Bahrain news, which is that uh, the rumor that maybe Bahrain is trying to make a play for Wout. How how bombed on a scale of one to ten are you guys? I'm a nine and a half. If,
2: if Bout Van Art goes to Bahrain, Marita?
0: yeah, like that, he'd break his contract with the uh, the Sunshade company that he rides for currently, and and go to Bahrain.
2: I don't. If he goes to Bahrain, but he brings cyclocross, like in his contract, that he gets to only race cyclocross, no. that would be so awesome. And then you could have like some Bahrain money going into cyclocross. I got That'd be amazing. I don't think that's gonna happen.
1: (laughs) Uh, Tim, I want to jump back real quick. Uh, Do you still have those national championship results up?
2: Yeah, for the most part, I do. Um, I I can do a quick control F.
1: Okay. Do you uh, do you know who won uh, the Polish national championship? Uh, Because I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you on who was actually second place. Michael Kielkowski uh, won that one. I think that is a oh surprise, surprise. Um, But second place is interesting to me.
2: Yeah, that's a uh, magic Bondar.
1: Which is interesting because uh, you were you were saying that's who uh, was third place in the Slovakian national championships behind the Sagans when I know you definitely meant Kohler. You had a stroke. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah. I just am but trying I, to avoid the again, emails that I know that... we're going to get. So I just I just <laughs> had to put that up. Normally, Did, I would not correct the, you, but the, I just don't want to read the emails.
2: The emails have already been sent. So yeah. thanks for that correction. Um <laughs> At this point, since we're done talking about that, uh, let's, let's roll into the pre lap, because we got a lot more to discuss after the bill.
0: I'm Joe Dombrowski from Cannondale Draft Pack, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast.
2: big news here at the Silver Podcast for the Cream Lap, And that's right, we have a brand new sponsor heading into the podcast. And Spencer, take it away.
1: Yeah, I want to uh, tell you guys all about Shred Science Nutrition. Now, this is something that you probably haven't heard of before, but uh, I'm going to make it easy for you and explain how this works. Um you yeah, actually, you may be familiar with it because uh, Carrie uh, from Shred Science was on Crosshairs Radio uh, not that long ago, episode uh, ninety-two. Um, so back last fall, uh, she was on the show. If you want to, if you want to hear a little more in-depth info, I would check that out. But uh, what Shred Science is is a nutritional coaching uh, for athletes, for bike racers. Uh, Carrie was a bike racer herself and, uh, she developed a program, uh, that's going to help folks out cross is coming. So it is the perfect time to get your nutrition dialed and, uh, and and probably drop some LBs. Well, it seems
2: that what's so important here is like the tracking of the nutrition and she'll work with you through your tracking and then making sure that you're getting, all of, you know the right proteins, the carbohydrates, and then um, you know the the right amount of fat. Which I may be the perfect guinea pig for this. I know Spencer, you're you're thinking of going on the shred science program for Schwamigan, but I just oh, crushed yeah. an ice cream cone um, about <laughs> yeah, I an, saw it about three, maybe like thirty minutes ago.
1: I, let, me, let me. I don't just, know if
2: that's a good thing.
1: Let me track. just explain this our a little second bit. Second beer too. <laughs> okay. Um so I am definitely on the program for uh for Swam again. Oh, I'm going to let man. you guys in on this secret. I am in the Shred Science Nutrition world. I went to shredsciencenutrition.com. I learned a little bit more. I checked out their FAQs and I said this sounds good. And you know what, Tim? Uh I'm going to tell you what you're going to like about it. You could have that ice cream. What? This, <laughs> yeah. This is not a diet. This is uh, nutritional coaching. There are no rules. You can eat whatever you want. There are just limits on the numbers that you hit as far as your, your carbs, your proteins, and your fats. So what Carrie does is she gives you uh, this pretty in-depth survey uh, that you fill out about what you're doing, how healthy you are, wh- what kind of exercise, you know, all that. And from that, she develops a program specifically for you with your numbers that you can hit daily. And you can eat whatever you want. You want to eat gummy bears until you hit your numbers? That's fine. but sogging. But if that only gets you through breakfast, then you're kind of screwed for the rest of the day. You know what so I mean? So
2: I, I can eat whatever I want. So I can still down that ice cream cone. Yep. But maybe like then I have to eat a few more um, Cheez-Its to kind of equal out on the carbohydrates.
1: Yeah, Gosh,
0: well, you're going to... I something a little healthier on the carb, but yeah, sure.
1: Probably, yeah. So... I, that is for you to figure out. So, uh, your numbers might allow for that, Tim. I doubt it, but uh, it, she us, describes it as having uh, like a savings account. You know, like you can spend as much as you want until you get to that limit, and then, then your card doesn't work anymore.
2: All right. Let let me put it this way. Treadsciencenutrition.com. You go there, right? You're, yep. you're there already. So you're going to be the guinea pig here. Mm -hmm. Um, especially going into Schwammig,an It's not really a guinea pig. I mean, it seems like common sense. And you actually have someone that's helping you through the process of eating healthy, which I could totally use. But I have a great built-in excuse from Schwammig.an Little guy, I'm a little concerned about you right now because Spencer is going to get totally shredded on the nutrition. He's actually racing his bike. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just doing hill training. But Spencer... Yeah. How much... Like, so when you...
1: Let me Are let me look- just let me just tell you about how I'm feeling. I've okay, on, I've only <laughs> been on this for one week. I swear to God, you guys, I've dropped two pounds in just the one week. I have not changed my eating habits. I've just sort of adjusted the amounts of food that I'm eating. Mm-hmm. I feel better training. I have more energy in general. I my race went really well. Like I felt strong through it even though I was not thrilled uh, with the result, like the the energy levels were there, the intensity was there.
2: I was, I was just about to ask about the energy levels. You seem a little bit spicier than normal today, and that may be because you've actually got your food dialed. You're yeah. not like Spencer Rabbit food eater from when I first met you.
1: Well, and uh, that's another funny point that you bring up because uh, I was sure uh, when she pitched this idea That I should be on this so I could speak to it a little better. Um, I was like, oh, she's going to hate this. She's going to, I'm a vegetarian. I was vegan for a long time and I still have a lot of those tendencies. Like I don't like eggs, you know, and if you are a vegetarian and you need protein, where do you get it? From eggs, (laughs) eggs and milk. So those are not things that I enjoy. And I was like, oh, she's going to be so mad. And she's going to be like, oh, actually, never mind. This is impossible. She came up with a perfect program. It fits. It it meets all my weird quirky needs. Uh, she can definitely dial you in something. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it for the next few weeks and uh, let you experience my journey on the Shred Science Nutrition Train. Um, so, yeah. I mean, all right, well, I think so- – if if if, uh, if our listeners want to learn a little bit more, there are two things that they can do right now. Uh, go to shredsciencenutrition.com. Check it out. Just peruse around. Learn a little bit about what we're talking about. We're going to go into this more in depth in the coming weeks. And then the other thing you can do is go check out that Crosshairs radio. Hear it from Carrie herself. Uh, you don't have to listen to me. She knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. Uh, that was episode 92. Uh, you can search for it on iTunes or, or wherever you find podcasts, you can find it on one as well.
2: And you know, the, I think the the perfect capstone here is cross is coming. And obviously that's the only type of bike racing people still continue to do in the United States. <laughs> so what better way to get ready than tread science, I'd like to thank them for their support. Spencer. I'm looking forward to seeing how cut you are when it comes to, uh, yeah. Schuamigan. I have. Um, uh, I yeah. just
1: finished my my first week here, so I sent my my first week report in, and I'm going to get my report report card back. So I'm oh, curious to see. I hope oh. it's a D. We're oh, yeah. reading it next yeah. week. I can't wait. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see that. We'd
2: also uh, like to thank the continuing support and subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We're a family of cycling podcasts, so check it out at wideanglepodium.com. We'll learn a little bit about our membership structure to keep uh, Cycling Podcast coming to you for free and all the benefits that are coming up with an upcoming membership drive. So uh there you go, WideAnglePodium.com.
1: And uh, we, as we uh, mentioned last week, we have a brand new Facebook group that is exploding my Facebook page. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's changing the world. It is changing the world one post at a time, one like at a time. fan art.
0: There's fan art on there. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. pretty amazing. So, Spencer, can I just say that the...
2: Cycling The Slow Ride Podcast Experience Fan Zone that you've created may be the single good idea you've ever come up with <laughs> on this podcast. I mean, it is well done. It is keeping Facebook fun for me. Mm-hmm. I'm logging in. I'm seeing some good stories. People people make some good jabs. We have lots of people going on there, and the, we have a security question. It says, yep. what cyclists do we talk about every week on the podcast? And continually, people keep saying... <laughs> A gentleman that races for Team Sky that likes <laughs> Buterol as the answer. And it leaves me in a moral quandary if I should allow them to get in the group. <laughs> but we have yet to mention his name on this podcast, and we are not going to mention his name. Interesting. So go to the Facebook, look right. for the Slow Ride Podcast Experience Fan Zone.
1: It's, it's awesome. It's the Slow Ride Podcast Official Fan Experience Zone. quarter. Corner. I didn't, I didn't work corner in there, and I'm I'm regretting that now.
0: Yeah, all right. Maybe we should put a corner on there. With that, Love let's it. let's get back to the show.
1: So remember, that, and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star ride podcast.
2: out last week a call for reviews and we got a review this week it's a five-star review and this review comes from leo black label now i do want to tell you a little something about leo from black label
0: years ago throw some some shade on him right before you read the five-star review (laughs)
2: leo years ago kind of rolled into town
0: years ago 15 years ago 15
2: years ago nice guy i never had a problem with leo But he beat me at a messenger race. (laughs) Kind of bugged me a little bit because I don't know how he beat me. I think he cheated with Araby. Like, I I think Araby was running the race, and it ended at the Grumpy's on Washington Avenue. And then Leo was out of New York City, and he signed the yellow bag, the messenger bag, with Leo, New York City on there. And, man, did that really hurt my feelings because we're a Minneapolis messenger company or championship trophy and then a guy from new york city totally signed it do you guys remember this
0: yeah i remember New York this. city i know we we're gonna get the rope
2: leo i don't know your review better makeup for that travesty <laughs> that you brought upon my my existence so here we go everything i need to know five stars all right good start the most listenable cycling podcast out there These guys know just enough about all things road cycling to be a good source of information while avoiding the know-it-all snobbery of the more corporate pro podcasts. Everything I need to know about cycling learned on the slow ride. Thanks, guys. I think. uh, I just want to say Leo is a great guy. Um, I got to race (laughs) him several times as a messenger. And, uh, you know, one time he beat me, and it was awesome to see him hold that yellow bag and sign it, uh, couldn't ask for a win for a better guy. Uh, but thanks for listening, Leo. <laughs>
1: that was a glowing review. Really, uh, we really appreciate that. I have
2: that. to admit after all these years, it's pretty cool to see, uh, Leo, who I've only you know knew for in passing during our time when we were careers in downtown, but it's cool to see him, uh, listen to the show. So Leo, thank you, uh, uh, considerably for, uh, for sticking with us after 16 years of this inane conversation that we've been having. And we got a couple of quick emails, um, but the one that I want to bring attention to uh, real quick was an email that we got from Michael Stone. Uh, Michael Stone wrote us a a fairly uh, lengthy email that we're going to revert back to a couple of times. So Michael Stone hits us up and says, hello, chaps and Abby, Your your occasional North of England correspondent here. After a week of personal cycling first, I thought I'd check in with some news and comments on my slow ride podcast experience so far. At 63, if I'm not your oldest listener, it's bloody close. (laughs) I have just taken part in my first ever bike race, a 10-mile time trial. And I know that time trials aren't your favorite, you know, uh, uh, discipline, but they have a strong history, a strong uh, presence in British cycling history that mostly has to do with the British farm lobby not allowing road racers on the course because it scared cows. So, Mm. therefore... It was a 10-mile time trial that they could close off the road and and go do their, um, their, you know, their history. I was hoping, you know, anyway, I had no hope of making even 16th place, so I secured number 16 instead. And Michael sends us a picture of him in a one-piece leotard. I mean, this thing is beauty. <laughs> oh, <God>. Like
0: I, <laughs> That's beautiful. There, there's a BMW in the background. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, man. It's that's a one-piece
2: sh- blue with some-
0: shockingly beautiful.
2: <laughs> with some random geometric shapes that are perfect for a little guy. And as you can see, right in the lower back- Does it perfect, have a pocket? In perfect time-tile form, <laughs> there is a zippered rear pocket.
0: <laughs> that's so sweet. Michael has
2: secured bib number 16, and he sent that in to us. Um, fantastic to see- um doing the time trial, his first ever race, and he secured number 16. I, I have to admit, I was uh, I was quite pleased to see that. So thank you for doing that. He does uh he also um spent the weekend doing uh some mountain bike uh race uh um course marshaling and he made sure to send us a picture of a fat bike that was in the uh in the category. <laughs> so he really knows Excellent. how to go straight for our heart. But uh fantastic. We're gonna go back to a couple more of his uh emails over the course of uh the time because there's so much goodness in here um, but he does end with, uh, or th- end this week a little bit talking about how Brian Cookson is continuing, continually going out trying to find a sponsor for a pro women's cycling team, yeah. and then how the um the Tour de to Yorkshire was, you know, broadcast on pretty sure. you know popular television and the equal pay of that. So, kind of that there are there is some uh, movement forward uh, on uh, women's professional cycling. And uh, Michael's a big supporter of that. Uh, but thanks for the email, Michael. It was great to see, you, and I can't wait to uh, include more of this uh, in the future as we go. Uh, he's he's got history uh, being on the side of the mountain at the Tour de France. He makes fun of how we talk about uh, sitting there for hours only to see the uh, cyclists come by for you know like five six minutes, and how boring that can be. But he talks, but he. He says that it's more of a party for the 10 hours. You know, like, yeah, the cyclists come by for the 20 minutes on the climb, but you're really in the middle of an international party. But uh, it's great to see. So keep the emails coming to us at the theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Michael ends it with, it's pronounced do Oh, thanks. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, ha- had you guys, I'd heard about this time trial thing before, and we've never talked about this in the pod, that, that the Brits are into time trials basically because road races were banned at some point in, like, the 30s or something. And so they would do time trials almost secretively. Like, you weren't allowed to show up in your racing kit. You had to show up in, like, all black. (laughs) And, And they'd start in the middle of the night in all black. Like, the greatest thing is that because the races were... Uh, deemed dangerous by like authorities, that then they started just racing time trials in like all black outfits in the middle of the night. Well, <laughs> like I, we should get, we need to get a Brit on the show to like really explain this true history because it's as much as we don't we we talk crap about time trials. It's kind of a crazy, weird underground way that that it became a very British well, thing to do time trials
2: in Britain. The ten mile time trial, as we have talked a little bit about, mostly about how Bradley Wiggins would go and then alex dowsett and how alex dowsett beat bradley wiggins like record time for the 10 mile time trial so Mm -hmm. you know it's got a there's thousands of people that have done it so you kind of know your standard
0: right i mean that was just like the little dimples or something that's right
2: it's the it's the it's the raised dimples that uh brought the um the extra speed but yeah it's it's pretty good stuff in the 10 mile time trials maybe we should start doing that um
1: here's here's what i'm gleaning from this email and it was a great email is uh somebody well somebody obviously listens very close to the podcast and and, and found some great ways to uh, to interact with us but uh, which we love but most importantly somebody did their first bike race Uh, I'll be at a time trial but they did their first bike race at 63 that is incredible I like to feel like we uh, maybe inspired that a little bit uh, by trash talking time trials so much that somebody said (laughs) I need to go find out what this is all about can it possibly be that bad um and it's not i kind of i kind of like i want to say i don't hate time trials i kind of just hate them in grand tours can i can i put that caveat
0: i think i mean especially the way the brits do it it seems like like man that kit he was wearing was pretty amazing like it feels like a little more um Not like homespun is the word I'm thinking of, but that's because I've had two beers. Um, (laughs) It's it's a little less. So if you show up at time trial around here in Minnesota, everyone's on. You know they got all the fanciest kit. Whereas it seems like there's enough categories and it's enough of a big thing uh, in other in like the UK that like people are showing up on whatever bike and it's about doing the race and doing testing yourself. Yeah, Yeah, and just being like, yeah, I'm going to show up on my road bike. Also, gravel race. They do those trike. Uh, time trial things which i don't know what's up with that and that's pretty sweet he's
2: got a picture of one of the trikes uh like a tandem trike like an upright tandem trike that's pretty intense but um you know good stuff so we are getting pretty close to um the start of the tour de france that's coming up and there's a couple of things that i just want to get um off my chest is -hmm. that movistar has announced their team lineup And it is absolutely insane. I don't know how anybody else is going to be able to compete against Movistar at the tour. You've got Alejandro Valverde, Quintana, Landa, Amador, J.J. Rojas, Marcelo Soler, um, and two other guys that the dude that (laughs)
0: did good at Flanders a couple years ago. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sorry. Well,
0: so the thing is. I, I think we're all making a lot of hay about uh, the Movistar team. and They are super strong. They got a lot of good riders. But at the end of the day, they got too many cooks in that kitchen, I think. I think it's going to be trouble. Like, e- even their their fourth GC guy in Solaire on any other team would be head and shoulders above a lot of other GC teams. So, like, I, I think it's- a certain rider who, Tim, you said we weren't going to name anymore in this podcast, who has had a little too much asthma. Uh, he's got a team totally devoted to him, a- and that, I think, is going to make a difference. I think there's too many leaders. How is he even allowed to race? He's allowed to race because that's what the rules say. Okay, well, anyways, this
2: Movistar team, they say there's three kind of leaders, but Amador is a GC top 10 at other Grand Tours, so they really have four that can uh, tear it up. And then bon- Bonatti and... um uh, Erviti are the other uh, racers to round it out. So that's the Movistar corner. Other pieces of news that have come in is Caleb Ewan is not racing for, um, was that Mitchelton-Scott or is he on Dimension Data?
1: No, Mitchelton-Scott.
2: that was sad to see. I know that, I mean, I kind of was ready for him to come to the tour. I mean, he's been uh, tearing it up a tour down yun- under it, for 12 it, years.
1: It sounded like he was ready to come to the tour as well, and that he had put all his eggs in that basket and uh, made some strong, wor- strongly worded tweets uh, that he was uh, upset um, that he was uh, not invited, and uh, I have a... St- I I would say there's an outside chance that uh contracts get broken and he somehow shows up on another team at the tour like one of those uh you know wildcard teams or something Can because I have, I have a strong suspicion he will not be on Mitchelton Scott next year.
0: Well, I I saw a rumor earlier today and I don't even remember where that he was going to Lotto, a uh, Red Lotto it sounded like for next year. Yeah. At this point, so w-
1: which makes sense. W- uh yeah. there's no way that he was that he was going to stay with Mitchelton after that snub. I
0: mean, at the end of the day, sprinting's stupid. Is that
2: really as big of a snub as Adam Hansen not being on the Red Lotto team for the tour? I
0: mean, seriously. Uh,
1: No, because a lot of people brought this up about how he's not on the list. He wasn't on the list for the Volta either.
0: I know you still have faith, Spencer, but I'm I'm nervous that it's actually coming to an end. I think he might already have his vacation plans booked. He's going to build some shoes. Um, He's the cobbler.
1: Probably.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, man, I have a hard time caring that sprinters don't make the tour team because the tour is just not about sprinters. I mean, as much as the first 14 days of the tour look like they're pretty much just sprint stages.
1: Well,
2: I, I am a little nervous that uh, Mitch Docker has not yet been named on the start list for the uh, the team. What is that? Education First presented by Dry Pack Cannondale. Um, yes, Garmin. nailed it. Nailed it.
1: We do have Ron on that team. We do have right. Roland. Uh, yeah. Taylor Giro.
0: Finney is on it. Yep. He did Giro. the Giro. He needs a rest, man. So, Give the guy a break. Let him
2: do the Volta. I mean, anyways, well, I was hoping that Mitch Docker could be in the Peloton doing some live interviews for us with um, Adam Hansen, the cobbler, about what it's like to be snubbed from the start list and then still show up. <laughs> Um, but
0: well, now they can just go for a group ride together.
2: So that that's the big news, and then the other news that little guy wanted to drop, um, because we are the source of all breaking news in cycling, is the fact that Richie Port may be going to Team Trek Segafredo yeah. next year. That is the current rumor. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. That's a thing. Now that says a lot that an American run team, American or sorry, an American. Base sponsored team is going to be taking um, one Richie Port over TJ Van Garderen.
0: I imagine they would take TJ if they could. I bet they take them both. You know, they both speak English. TJ speaks pretty good English. I think that'd be a, for a native English speaker. That'd be pretty
2: good to see. I mean, I I would love to see uh, both those guys over to Trek Segafredo. <laughs> I'm for real, like because BMC is going away, so. With, yeah, it does with, seem like it at the point. With you know, and then you've got uh, those guys.
0: So what do you guys think? So I feel like Malema is going to crush the Tour now with the with Trek. Trek, obviously, it's in the news that they're looking at Port. That's obviously not going to sit well with Malema, you know, being their GC guy going into the race. He can't like the fact that they're shopping for one of the Tour favorites. Um What do you think happens if Malima rides like himself onto the podium and Port does their usual port, you know? Like, that's going to be an awkward conversation uh, for the team next year. Yeah, Uh, I got nothing to add.
1: Yeah, I can't say I've given that much thought because I uh, have not in any of my... I've gone over... I've really crunched the numbers on this tour, you guys. uh, I'm getting deep into the data, but uh, none of my models... Uh, have come up with a uh, Malima anywhere near the podium. Uh, so I just have Did- not considered that as a possibility. Although I will say my data has also not put port anywhere near a podium.
2: <laughs> so sp- yeah, so right. Spencer, does your data have anything to say on if Peter Sagan's actually going to finish the tour de France this year?
1: The data on the elbow, to end all elbows, is that uh, it, the chances are good. The probability is high. Now, these numbers, uh, you know, they're not solid. Things are fluid, changing every minute uh, as I as I put more um, fields on this Excel spreadsheet. But uh, as of now, he's got a mm, 82% chance of finishing the tour in the green jersey.
2: All right, and then let's go to. Um, well, that, that's a, that's a good result. That leads segue right into my new segment called Buy Sell Corner, and okay. for the Tour de France. So it's kind of All a right. rapid fire. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some names or some propositions, and you guys are gonna either buy the proposition or you're gonna okay. sell the proposition. This is basic capitalism at now, its finest something that we are good here yeah, at, at the slurry podcast
0: definitely
1: my do we need uh, to uh, do we need to answer fast is this a buzzer type of situation like if i buy little guy mm, can't
2: no 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 i just you know i need okay. I need your guys opinions right. as we okay. go through let's go okay buy or sell mark cavendish winning a stage of the tour de france buy sell okay we have a buy and a sell spencer buy uh little guy is gonna sell. Buy
1: low, on. sell high. That's All that's right. the rule.
2: Buy or sell quick step winning multiple stages at the Tour de France. Buy.
1: Buy strong and who, and who, buy.
2: who's gonna do that? Who's strong buy? Spencer, who who's gonna help you out there? You have Terpstra, Lampier, yes. Philippe, Jabert, yes. Gavaria, yes, Jungles, yes. Alex Philippe. Yes. Uh Maximilian
1: Richese. Probably not
2: Argentina and Tim De
1: No. Okay, so they're going to win six stages. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say their first six riders could all win a stage.
2: Buy or sell Primo's Roglic winning a time trial at the Tour de France.
1: A oh, buy. Yeah,
0: I'm going to buy on that
2: one too. Okay, buy or sell that the Super Rookie sponsored Capital City Meets Velo Games team is going to have Primo's Roglic on it. Buy. Yeah, I want to say bye. <laughs> All right. All right. The man who shall not be named winning the Tour de France for Team Sky. Bye. Sell. All right. i I'm a sell. I I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that there's going to be some major um, uh, difficulties here. Buy or sell that there will be a positive test in the running of the Tour de France? Sell.
1: Uh, sell. Sell. I don't, All right. Do you guys I don't think there's any? Happening.
2: Do you think there's any chance that the Chris Froome thing gets settled during the Tour de France? Sell,
1: sell, no chance. All right, All right. no way. Man.
2: Will there be a? What, this is my favorite proposition from the old roller derby game. Buy or sell a livestock or dog caused <laughs> crash in the Tour de France. Buy.
1: Hmm. We haven't seen one of these for years. I'm gonna check my model quick. Uh, yeah. let me just run another report here. Got the, um, I think that means people are getting, lazy,
0: you know, people I'm think gonna, like I can leave the dog off the leash. It hasn't happened in years. Oh no. Fido.
1: I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell on this. I don't think we'll see that this year. Maybe in the volta. All right,
2: it, all right. And then the final one, my favorite proposition. I need to, I need your guys advice. Buy or sell on this. I like, I'm going to go over to unibet.com where my question mark Jersey is. I place the best. Who is going to be the higher? Okay, TJ Van Garderen will be higher placed in the finish standings than American Taylor Finney.
0: Taylor Finney
2: or TJ Van Garderen? Oh, which boy. one are you guys going with?
0: That's TJ uh, uh, all the way.
1: You think he'll finish?
0: Yeah, I think he'll finish. It's contract year, baby. BMC—they're <laughs> screwed. They're done. He's got—he's got to sell that stuff. Okay, so you think TJ is going to beat Taylor Finney?
2: Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna Spencer.
1: Man, I don't know. A Little guy has a strong point with a contract year situation, but I just, I just don't see him finishing. I think, I think I'm gonna go sell.
2: Okay, I'm gonna par. I'm gonna add an extra parlay. Okay. Well, TJ Van Garderen complain about stage 22 in the 60 mile race that starts with the F1 start. Yes. Or. Oh, yeah, oh, like, buy, no, no, like buy or sell that he's gonna complain. Yeah, yeah, I will so buy right. that. So, you think he's gonna make
1: that? I yeah, will, I kidding. will, I will also buy on that one. He will complain, but I am gonna buy as well on he does very well on that stage. Okay, I don't
0: know. I don't think so. I think he's gonna right, complain. and I,
2: I like this uh, stock market corner that I just created out of thin air. Um, buy or sell, Nairo Quintana being the Movistar team leader by the end of the tour. Buy,
1: buy. Yeah. All right. Oh wow.
2: Kind of, kind of, uh, kind of shopping. Shocking to me. But um, all right. That's top sprinter, great green jersey, Marcel Kittle, Buy or sell?
1: Sell, sell. You're getting into There's some mountains. easy ones here. You got to right. get over the mountains. Right. This is
2: not gonna happen. Well, guys, that's that's pretty much that's gonna wrap up the stock market corner. I think that was a successful new corner. Yeah, I think so too. um, That we just found. So, uh, with that, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to touch on before uh, we we carry on to the next podcast besides the Velo Games League? We have a Velo Games League that we're going to be bringing up, but we're going to be including that on a um, future social media channel. So, the Slow Ride Podcast, Facebook Zone, also on Twitter, Instagram. Keep an eye out for it, but uh, we're going to have some great prizes, including. Little guy, we have a new uh, sponsor.
0: Yeah, we're going to have the Alma GP. We've talked about them before. They've written in. They've told us that their race is the greatest. It probably is. Uh, Alma GP, Saturday, September 8th in Alma, Michigan. They're they're offering, for our Villagans contest winner, uh, free entry into the Alma GP, and they're offering a hotel room in, in town either on that Friday before or the Saturday after. If you are crazy enough to want to race a cross race on Saturday... And stick around to do a gravel road race on Sunday, which, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. And they'll also spring uh, to get you a little gift card to go to the Alma Brewing Company, get yourself a beer or some food. So that's a pretty amazing prize uh, for winning our silly Velo, Velo Games League. Um, so, start, yeah, so start doing your spreadsheets like Spencer, getting your picks ready, um, trying to figure out who you're going to pick because you're going to win yourself uh, a good time in Michigan.
2: Yeah, so thanks to Alba and GP for uh, stepping up and supporting that, and we'll work on continuing to get additional sponsors to keep an eye out for our Velo Games League competition. We'd also like to thank all the listeners for tuning in once again. Thanks to BK1 for the use of the track Tim and Do Cannibal off the album Radio Do Cannibal, and thanks for tweeting us at the Slow Ride Pod, Instagramming us at the Slow Ride Pod, and emailing us at the slow ride at gmail.com. I'd like to thank Shredge Science Nutrition for getting Spencer shredded for Shawamigan And find mm-hmm. out, uh, join along and head over to that website, shredsciencenutrition.com to learn more about their programs and how they're going to help make you a better cyclist. And we'd also like to thank the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. If you haven't already, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Like Leo Black Label.
0: And with that, this is Tim in Minneapolis. Uh, this is Matt in Minneapolis, still writing that fan fiction.
1: <laughs> uh, and this is Spencer in Boston. I'm reminding you guys to always wave at your fellow cyclists so that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast: bikes, advice, and rumors, straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.